Hola, and welcome to the Align Podcast with Audrey. Get ready to go behind the scenes and uncover the secrets of what it takes to become an exceptional woman. Join me as we dive deep into the nitty-gritty of daily practices that build the foundation for success and happiness. From faith to fitness, mindset work to daily disciplines, we'll explore it all. This podcast is specifically designed for women who are ready to unlock their true potential. So grab your favorite drink, get comfy, and let's embark on this journey together, uncovering the real day-to-day practices that lead to extraordinary women. Something I love about my podcast is I just roll with it. I do not get caught up in being perfect or having things go the right way because we're human and what matters is the action that you take. So I just messed up the intro, but that's okay. So I got a text from a friend of mine the other day saying, can you do an episode on marriage? And she she said to me, you know, I have a great relationship with my husband, but of course there are ups and downs and you want to protect your relationship. So sometimes I don't know who to go to when I need to speak about things going on in my marriage. If I could hear maybe other women that are, you know, Christ-led in their marriage talk about it, that would really be beneficial to me. And I thought to myself, I have definitely been wanting to do that because as, you know, my followers know, I was married for 10 years. That didn't work out. I had the marriage annulled. Um, He and I get along great. Thanks be to God. We're great co-parents. But I have so much to learn because there's so much on my part that I have to really let Jesus in in those areas, heal me, learn to do better, and learn to choose wisely going forward. So I wanted to reach out to two women that I really admire to women that have been on the podcast before, and I'm going to let each of them do a little intro. So welcome back to the show, Raquel Me Lamore and Yvette Guzman. Welcome back. Yay! Yay. <laughs> uh, Yvette, give okay. us your fabulous intro again. Oh, you're so funny. It's so interesting because everyone, well, the people that have heard it, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to use that now because I've always stumble like what do I say and I'm like well it has to be truthful right so for me the way that I introduce myself it's always you know I'm the daughter to the king first I'm a wife a mom and real estate is how I make a living mm-hmm. as before you know it was always entrepreneurship was that the top thing for me but no longer um I have been married for it'll be 21 years next week um, we've been together for 23. Um, we have a 19-year-old who's in college and a 12-year-old who is a superstar, um, soon-to-be MLB player. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that's me. That's amazing. Congratulations. And from what I've heard, you the way you talk about your husband, the way you lift him up, the way he supports you. It's really beautiful. So I am so eager to learn from you on how you're making that happen. Raquel me. Hi. <laughs> so I am Raquel me. Um, I am a Catholic Christian woman. I am married. I've been married for 10 years. Um, and we have two daughters, one who is about to be 10 in two weeks and a uh, very sassy four-year-old who's going on 40. (laughs) Um, I am a social worker and a therapist, and I am also involved in women's ministry. 
and I'm excited to be here. Okay, so let's dive in. Have your marriages been a fairy tale? Negative. No. <laughs> Why? Absolutely. Teach me. Teach me. So what what does this really look like? First of all, if I have single women who are listening to this podcast, what was the discernment process like for marriage? Oh my God. What what how long is this podcast? And do we have enough time? Well, maybe we'll do a part two. <laughs> Listen, I we could, but I, I wanna say I wanna start this by saying that if if you're single and you're listening to this, don't listen to other single people on marriage advice. I know it's not it's not the most popular thing to say, but um I have found that when we go to people and and and, and not the Lord for you know, advice and direction, that's when we start um, kind of missing the mark on what a relationship really looks like. Um, I'm so grateful that we have this platform and we can really dive in and talk about the word, but the word, the Lord gave us two very um, specific description of what a man is and what a wife is. And I feel like we tend to want to do things on our own and try to decipher life the best way that we can when he's left us a manual. Um, so I want to prefix by saying that, but I met my husband very young. I was 18 when we met. So to say, you know, we've gotten, we've, we're celebrating 21 years. It's safe to say that we've lived different lives. We've had like 15 lives in this 21 years, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not this, when I was 18, I was not the same at 21, 21 to 25, uh, 25 to 30. In my thirties, I was a completely different, you know, woman and mom and wife. Um, so I would say, uh, to answer your question, the discernment is we cannot expect to be the same person throughout the entire relationship and also expect for the other half to do the same. And I think that that's where the discernment starts, in my opinion. Raquel, me, and as a mental health specialist, what do you have to add into that? I agree. Um, thank you so much, Yvette, for saying that. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is really difficult right now for single women is, um, you know, that that pressure, right, to to get married and have babies before that biological clock is ticking, right? That's not something that was really an issue for women 30, 40 years ago, because women were getting married much younger. They didn't really have to worry about a career, um, et cetera, um, which is now that's that's the reality, right? Women have to do everything. Um, and so by the time that they're looking um, or searching, there is that added pressure of age, right? Is my biological clock ticking? Am I going to find this person? Um, what I think is really interesting um, from what I've seen from single friends is that I think there has to be a period of being okay with singleness, right? That you can enjoy being single and be in Christ and praying for that, but also doing things that are okay in that single period, right? So whether it's 
devoting yourself to ministry or being a spiritual mother to someone, right? Um, or just giving your time and your energy to, to other things. Um, you can be waiting. You can be happy in the waiting, right? We can be praising in the hallway until that door opens. Um, I think that's like the really difficult part that sometimes we want something so badly and we're like, I'm not, I'm not going to be happy until I have that husband. I'm not going to be happy until I have that baby, right? Um, and I know that, you know, Yvette said that she got married. She she met her husband very early. I also met my husband when I was 18, 19. So I didn't have that, you know, that that stress and that that pressure um, at 30, at 35. Um, but but it is a hard thing. So, you know, my advice would be that would be to, yes, pray, pray for the husband that you want. Absolutely. And be specific with God you know, get in there and say, you know, this is what I want. Um, lay it all, lay it all out, bring it to the foot of the cross, but also be okay in the waiting. You know, when, when my husband and I were dating up until the night before we got married, the night before I was praying, Lord, if this is not the man for me, mm. then allow me to be okay with that please just remove him even tomorrow even, even on my wedding day even when I wake up tomorrow and I put on that dress if he is not the man that you have for my life if I have made a mistake in this process please remove him you know and I was willing to do that and that was really heart-wrenching because I, I I believed in what I was saying and I was ready to take you know to take that slap um That's if that was what God willed that's major. You imagine if that would have been something that you have. I mean, that's huge to have such a bold prayer the night before your marriage, the, the night before your your wedding. That's bold. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really difficult. But then you know, I I I felt peace. But I was just saying, like, just in case, Lord, like, you know, let everything that I do be for Your glory. So if this is not a marriage that is going to glorify You, and I do that in everything, my career and everything, right? If this test, if this you know, whatever I'm doing is not to glorify you, then just remove it. Just remove it from my life. See, I'm already learning because when you're Catholic and after you get your civil divorce, we know that for us, marriage is a sacrament. So I didn't feel divorced until I went through the annulment process. And the annulment process is about everything that happens before the wedding. It's not about the marriage because once you make those vows, that's forever in God's eyes. So the annulment process, it's this long process that looks at your mindset and your circumstances before the wedding to see if you were emotionally, physically like capable Able to enter. Everything. Yeah. Like, were you fully aware of what you were entering into? Was and the marriage no from the beginning? Yeah. Exactly. So there were so many things, like you said here right now, that we get desperate. For me, I was, I felt the biological clock ticking. All of my cousins were getting married, all of them. And part of that for me was like, I, I, I need to get married. Like he and I have been together for so long. It's the next logical step. And that's where my mindset was versus this is a sacrament. This is, and I, you know, I, I've always known that it's a sacrament, but there's so many things, so many ways in which we are negotiating our needs mm. for the sake of being in a relationship versus is this the right relationship for me? And I think it's also, you know, it, we have to say uh, entering 
a marriage as an adult, like adult, adult, like, it, you know, past your 30s is completely different than when you're in your 20s, right? I got married at 19. I am not sure if what I wanted or if what my perception of marriage was a 19, if it would be that today in my 40s, right? Mm. So it's also, there is, I, I think that, that we have to leave room for, um, for different needs and different seasons as you age, which is why I'm always very careful with giving marital advice or giving any type of relationship advice because I got married at 19 and it's completely different to, you know, who I am today in my 40s. Um, so I think that circumstances, right, play a, a toll. If you're an independent woman and you've been living on your own, you, you know, you own your house, you have your career, is very different than when you're starting that out and getting married. So so I think that we have to leave a little bit of room to be able to really um, identify what are the things that you're looking for in a relationship to then commit to a marriage because a marriage is forever. I do also believe in, in what you just said. Um, as a Christian, um, it's very different in terms of the annulment and divorce. What I've seen is divorce is just divorce and that's it. But I can see the importance of having that conversation. Like, hold on, before this happens, what what did this look like before? Um, I think that we are very quick to, you know, just throw in that towel and 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 give up and not have to. We have this idea, like we don't need to, um, give an explanation or answers to anyone but when you believe in the word and as you said you know the sacrament and what that is that communion we do have to give an account mm -hmm. as to why we're making this decision I have to say the annulment process was incredibly healing for me sure. I think that when you're going through it, you feel a little bit of like anger like I've just went through this and now I have to go through this entire other process where I, I'm going to be judged. Um, I have to give an account, but honestly, I have never, I, well, probably in like the sacrament of confession, reconciliation encountered so much compassion. Can I ask you a question? Cause yes. I don't know this process. Mm -hmm. So when you're going through your divorce, when you, mm -hmm. can I ask, can I ask the other platform? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So when you're, when you've decided like, okay, I want to get a divorce, right. And you mm -hmm. both made a decision, mm -hmm. you physically can't do like put in the paperwork to get the divorce. It has to go through the church or are there two separate things? You get the legal divorce first, the civil divorce. And then once you have that paperwork, then you can approach the church. And this is so that you can then re you can get remarried at the church. You, Yes, but for me, it was more because being Catholic, to me, the, the civil didn't mean anything. Okay. It was that vow I made before God. So I I felt married until that um, declaration came from the church. And then at which and, point you can now get married at the church again? Yes, because I was granted the annulment, I am free to marry in the church. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people don't do it because if it's it's a process. 
And how it's long a process. was that process? Um, I think it also took longer because I had to be emotionally ready. Um, I had to go through the divorce itself. And then once it was granted, feel like, okay, now let me work myself up to then start this process. Um, so first you meet with an advocate and you tell them your story and they send the paperwork in and you get this long questionnaire about, I, I think I got the questionnaire maybe like two months later. And you have to tell them your story, everything that happened, how you grew up. So it's not really just about the, the story of you two. It's like, how did you grow up? What was your mindset? What were there obstacles? Things like that. Did anyone force you? And people give up and don't do it. Mm -hmm. it's so yeah. But honestly, like it also made me sad for anyone that just gets a, a civil divorce. Because this helps you heal. Um, I want to say that my questionnaire was probably like uh, 30 pages typed. Oh, my God. I cried so much. I mean, because then you have to be really specific. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here's here's what it did for me. I think like as the adult Audrey going through the situation, um, having tried so many conversations, therapy, there's the choice that you make as an adult. But what it did for me was help heal that young girl that got married with so many dreams and just reconcile that part of me that I had forgotten about. That served you. Yeah. And uh, in many ways. A hundred percent. And other women that I've, sp I've spoken to that have gone through the annulment process, they'll tell you the same thing. But my hope is for people not to get annulments, <laughs> for people that have the tools to work on their marriages right. and, you know, really um, base it on God. Raquel, me, do you have experience with people that have gone through the annulment process? Uh, yeah, I have, I've had um, family members that have had their marriage annulled, but um, I don't know much about you know, the process and what it takes. Um, I do know that um, you're proving, you know, the validity of that marriage before um, you made that decision and you have to have witnesses and like, it's not just your word um, and that it's a, it can be a daunting process, but I like that you said that there was healing there. Um, mm -hmm. I think in all things, even in the darkest of moments, we can find light and we can find hope. Um, so I love that you said that. I'll tell you guys a beautiful story. Um, I was actually on a retreat a couple of weeks before I got married. And we were meditating on Jesus calming the storm. And I felt fear. I felt like, am I making the right decision? And I put myself in that scene and I felt Jesus say to me, do not be afraid. The day that I had to go in, because there is a tribunal that you have to meet before, it sounds way scarier than it is. I know I was like terrified, just said, what am I walking into? So the day that I went to the tribunal, 
the secretary was super nice. She brings me up to this office and she's like, you just wait here, dear. We're getting the room ready. And I was thinking to myself for a morning, like, Jesus, like, where were you during that time? Because I remember that meditation and you told me not to be afraid. Mm. As I sit down in this office and I look to my right, there's a huge painting of Jesus calming the storm. And I immediately teared up because he was like, I was there and mm -hmm. I'm still with you. Mm -hmm. I got goosebumps. <laughs> a little God winks, right? Right. So now for those of us that are married and you've chosen this man before God. And like Yvette said, you change throughout the course of the marriage. And when we become moms, the dynamic of the relationship changes a lot as different circumstances in our lives, seasons change. The person changes as well. And you start to feel like, did I make the right choice? Did I marry the wrong person? What happens here? And how do you work through these moments? So we all have those, right? <laughs> no marriage is perfect. Yeah, let's um, make it are... like, let's normalize it. Yeah. So that the woman listening right now feeling like, I don't know what to do anymore. It's normal. Peaks, hills, mountains, and valleys, right? We're, we're going we're gonna to be faced with those um, throughout our marriages. I think what's, what's really important is, is knowing, right? Like Yvette said, you are going to have growth. You're going to change. Um, but will you be willing to recognize that the person is growing, that you're also growing, right? And that that's a part of life, right? If you're not growing, you're dying. So we have to do that. We have to evolve. We have to move forward. But it's also having those hard conversations and making a choice, right? So the best thing that I heard was, we think as a society that love is like this this kind of just like fleeting, this like beautiful kind of bubble of emotion that, you know, there's the one, right? This elusive, like one person, your soulmate. And I don't know, right? That might be true. I don't know. But I think it's more than that. I think to say that would be unfair because you have to make a choice every day to love that person mm -hmm. where they are that day, where you are that day. You have to make a choice every day to love them in spite of their shortcomings, in spite of your own shortcomings, right? So it's much more than just the feeling because we know that feelings are fleeting and that feelings change constantly, right? I, I wanted to eat mango for breakfast and then I changed my mind, right? My feelings cannot be trusted. So if I went based on my feelings all the time, that would be a real problem. You know, I have to make a choice every day to love this person and to love them with my entire heart and to sacrifice for them and to give of myself to them every single day I have to make that choice so you know are, are are you waking up and making that choice and I think that that's one of the issues right that's those are one of the social pressures that you know Yvette mentioned earlier is like divorce is so accessible it's so readily available it's such a, an option right 
Um, but if we're having these conversations with our spouses and we're telling ourselves every day, right? And, and you can just take it day by day. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to make a choice for the next 10 years. It can just be today, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to choose to love you. And to love somebody means to sacrifice for them. You hit the nail on the head on that, Raquel. Me. Um, for me, I, I always explain it in the most practical form or way possible is marriage is two strangers that have made the decision to coexist in, in one same roof. Two complete strangers, two people with different backgrounds, different love histories, different nurturing uh, histories, different familial uh, relationships. And you've both made this a conscious decision that you now want to love each other and live in one house together and somehow live life, right? Um, my husband is one of three who's the oldest and comes from a mom and dad household. I am an only child that comes from a single mom who then... Um, uh, came again with my dad when I was like 15, 16 years old. The way we were both raised and the way we saw love and the way that we saw marriage and family were two completely different things. It would be ignorant to believe that we both have the perfect formula to have this loving, beautiful, magical household. It does not exist, right? But we have both, we both have made the decision that we are going to love each other as ever come and said, despite everything, our feelings, our emotions, any situation or any circumstance. Um, I believe that marriages is not 50 50. Hmm. I do believe 1000% that we adjust the same way life throws us in different seasons. So does our marriage. There are seasons in which you guys are madly in love. There are seasons in which he loves you more. There's this other season where you're like, I cannot even look at you in the morning, but here we are, right? And then there are these beautiful like pockets and seasons where you're like, oh my God, like I, there's no way I could have done life without you. Mm. You're my person, right? And I think that when both parties are equally invested and understand that, and we come from different backgrounds. The way I love and the way you love is completely different. Um, checking in from time to time. You know, I treat it, I always say, I, I treat it like the business, right? Like Q1, you know, let's let's have a little conversation and check in again three months from now. Because what I wanted today is not what I want three months from now, right? We're, we're constantly evolving and changing. And to assume that we're always going to be the same I think is the biggest um, recipe for failure. Mm. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. Eva, I just want to jump in, you know, when you said, I believe that marriage is not 50, 50. I, I was listening to um TikTok video or a podcast or something. I can't remember, but the woman was saying that marriage is not 50, 50. And she was saying, you know, sometimes all I have is 10% to give. That's all I have today. And my husband has to 
give the other 90. And sometimes we're both 50 and sometimes he's 60 and I'm 40. But that is what marriage is. It's a dance, right? It's a constant adjusting and moving. And I thought that was so beautiful. I love that because yeah. it's true, you know? It's true. It's, it's true. And knowing when, I, I, I do believe that we are women, we're more emotionally intelligent than men, right? I, I believe in the, not everyone, but I believe um, for the most part, for the most part, we are much more emotionally intelligent than men. And I think that there's this assumption that just because we, it's almost like we, we, in our heads, we believe that the day that we've had, they somehow have already picked up on it. Mm. When that's, that's impossible. He was not with you when you're working. He was not with you when you were caught in that traffic jam. He was not with you when you received that phone call. And to come home and expect for your the person that you say you love to carry you, right, and understand your mood swings or whatever, it is unfair. So I think that having that conversation where it's like, honey, I've, 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 I've had the day you need to figure out dinner. Mm -hmm. I've had, you know, whatever it is, I need you to, you know, pick up the rest of the night I, I need I need to turn off and for that now you've given him or you've given her the opportunity to be there for you but I think this idea that we you know that they should just know because I hear this all the time what he should just know how, should, how is he gonna know but yes you know, something else 50 -50. something else that you said that was really good was that you treat it um like a business like a business meeting yeah. um I really like good golden nugget is something that we have started doing this year is having marriage meetings. So the same way that we would have a weekly meeting at work, um, we would have a, a marriage meeting once a week and have an agenda. So, you know, what are the finances for this week? Like, what are the things that we have to buy this week? What are the chores that need to be split up for the week, right? Because that might change week to week, depending on the roles. What are the things that need to be done with the kids? What is the calendar looking like for the week? And then how can I love you this week? Like, what do you need from me this week oh, emotionally beautiful. or even physically, right? Um, what are the things that you need from me this week? And then going through them and, you know, acknowledging and agreeing to those things together. Um, and then now we have a shared calendar where we can see like those things are like a to-do list and we go crossing them off on the app. Um, so that's just something that just came up this year, ten, uh, 10 and a half years into the marriage. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is such a good idea. Just so you know, you're ahead of track because that came to me on my like 13th year. <laughs> Where I was like, why are we not on the same page? Like, what is going on? And I was like, okay, no, we need to do, well, you're, you're, you're much more disciplined and better. And I think that, that, that your advice is, um, will produce much more fruit because I do, you know, every three months, right? Whereas like every three months, what is expected of our family and the kids and, you know, and us and how we're able to plug in times for each other. And what are you needing? You know, what are my goals that I'm going to need you to kind of, you know, jump in in certain areas? Um, we have also realized that there are things that just, they, they don't bring one or the other joy. I don't like laundry. If you want me miserable, then mm -hmm. have me laundry. I don't like it. It's not, it doesn't spark joy. It doesn't, I also don't see it as, oh my God, it's such a, I, I can't. So he does laundry. He grunts, He, but he's like, I have laundry to do, but he does it because he knows it makes me miserable. 
Mm. I go grocery shopping. He hates going to the supermarket. It's not his thing. If you want to see him in a bad mood, send him to the supermarket. So I know that that's something that I do because why would I do that to him? You know, um, I think it's, it's that checking that needs to happen because we're constantly changing. Very few men are outspoken. Very few men are going to tell you, you know, what their feeling is. So I think it's important to have those conversations outside of the children, outside of your daily tasks and outside of work. You know, how are we going to, you know, flourish this season? What is needed? What do you need from me? Right? Like, how can I, what can I, what can I do that is going to serve you better during this period and whatever it is that you're choosing to do? And I think that's very important. We do it all the time for everybody else. Why not the person that we've decided to live life with? I and love this whole, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. It also holds us accountable, you know. It, it happens time and time again when we say like, oh, I really need you to do X thing. And then a week goes by and your husband doesn't do it. And you're like, well, I told you to do that. You didn't do it, you know. But if you've talked about it and that's the goal by the end of the week, then you're expecting it to be done, right? There's a deadline. And what happens if they don't do it by the end of the week? Well, then you get upset. <laughs> <laughs> I love this because as, as a life coach, you know, I talk to people all the time about having disciplines and habits in place because growth, like you said, if you're either growing or you're dying. So if you're not intentional about the practices that you put into your marriage and the communication, like what are you building then? It's something that continually needs to be nourished. And that's one of the main things that I'm learning. Um, Yvette, you talked about expectations here and assumptions that we make in the marriage. And I'm curious, like Raquel me brought in, you know, you, you didn't do this. What happens then? How do you choose your battles in a marriage? I am going to tell you that the older you get and the more mature your relationship gets, the more patience you have and the more you realize like certain things are not worth an argument. Um, there's also a tenderness that comes that kind of like flourishes in the relationship where it's like, I don't want to make him sad. I don't want to make him mad. And that's my priority. Whereas if you asked me this 15 years ago, let me tell you something. I was petty. If I, I'm not talking to you, I would wake up con una cara que nadie. Now in our, in our forties and in, in, in this matured relationship, no, he's priority. He's he's my priority 1000% and I am his 1000%. Okay, question for you. Does this correlate to that moment when you're on my podcast, which is the second episode if if you guys want to catch up, and you said that you had this moment that you gave up your heart to Jesus. Does this correlate with this time in your marriage? 1000%. It was that moment. Gotcha. It was that moment that I had to shift in the way I was behaving in the marriage and how I was showing up in the marriage or this relationship was going to dismantle. And so after therapy and after um, counseling and after, thank God for my, um, my pastor, he was, I call him my pastor because he's the one that baptized me. Um, 
a lot of talking and a lot and, and realizing that I had a lot of fault in in what was going on in the in the miscommunication of things that were so minor. We look back and we're like, my God, it would have been our biggest regret if we would have not pushed through mm. that moment in our it it would have been my biggest regret today because what we have now, I cannot even tell you. You know, um, Yvette said something, talked about maturity and choosing your battles. And I think that really is like, you know, the cornerstone of it. I think it's just, it comes with time. Um, not that you can't be mature when you're younger, but for the most part, you know, we can be overly dramatic and hyper emotional, you know, and we're making a scene, Eddie. right? Um so there is that, right? There is definitely the maturity aspect to it, where now I can say I can self-reflect, I can forgive, I can ask for forgiveness. I, I can recognize that I hurt your feelings. I did something wrong. And even if my intention was not to, I still hurt your feelings. Um, and assuming goodwill, right? We don't assume goodwill in others. Mm. And so someone hurts us whether intentional or not, and we're like, they did this to me because they want to hurt me. They, she, he must hate me. He must be such a bleep, right? He must want to see me angry. He doesn't care. And we go down those rabbit holes. But do you ever look at the person that you love, and that can be in any relationship, and do you look at your husband and go, is he trying to hurt me in this situation? Okay, he didn't take out the garbage, even though I asked him three times. Is there malicious intent? Is he purposely not taking out the garbage because he wants to hurt me? Or can we assume goodwill that maybe he's maybe kind of stupid or he forgot or, you know, whatever, right? And that he wasn't intentionally trying to hurt you. So I think that's like one just good, solid piece of advice that I got. And I try to do that. It's not always possible, but I try to do that. Um, in every situation and go, is this an argument that is worth losing my peace over and tearing a little piece of that brick? So whenever I look at an argument, I always say, my marriage is, is, is a house and it's made out of brick. And every time that we fight, that brick chips a little bit and there's a little chip on the brick and the chip on the brick, right? And over time, you might lose a brick or two. In the moment, you're like, it's just a chip on the brick. But over time, that builds. And so we have to be careful with the hardening of our hearts mm -hmm. and the chipping of those bricks. And it's also, to add to that, it's also, you know, what seeds are you planting? You know, the the in, to look at it in the most practical, practical, practical way is, would I speak to a stranger the way that I'm speaking to my husband? Would I speak to my brother, my sister, and would I, how would my conduct be if this was someone else? I'm pretty sure it will be very forgiving, right? We usually have, oh my God, don't worry about it. I got it. Oh my God, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. It is okay. We need to have that same posture, even at a much more uh, bigger, right, percentage with our spouse. That is not to say that you know, life is going to be very lax and flip floppy is not that, but we're human, right? And we all make mistakes. Uh, we make more mistakes than others, right? We have to also 
have self-reflection and say, you know, what was my part, my collaboration in this argument? And then you're able to choose that battle, right? Are things worth the argument? Or could who can just take care of the situation at that moment and then we can strike it out, right? Right, because it's a choice. We yeah. always have the choice to get upset or not get upset. And I think e even looking back, one of the most important things is to not let that resentment build up. Right. That's why I wanted to know, like, how do you know when to choose your battles? Well, that's and, planting yeah. seeds. What are the seeds that you want to, right? What is the fruit that you want to produce? What is it? Is it, is it anger? Is it resentment? What is it? If, if the seed that I want to plant in my husband is a loving seed that he looks at me with tenderness and care and love and appreciation, how, what seeds am I planting? Right. Because we're so quick to be like, I'm going to show him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I also love what Raquel me says about having those weekly meetings, because then that gives you the safe space to be able to openly speak your heart. Mm -hmm. By the way, I, I love that she's a therapist because we're talking and she's like taking notes I and then circling back. To <laughs> I know. I'm like, she, she looks like my therapist. Is she taking notes? <laughs> I just, I don't want to forget. Like my mind is all over the place. So when sometimes that. Yvette is saying something and it's like triggering something in my head. So I'm just writing it down. So I don't forget. Only a therapist does that. Rakami is okay. <laughs> so I just wanted to circle back to something that you said about self-reflection. <laughs> How does that make you feel? <laughs> Let's unpack um, this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's unpack self-reflection. Um, so one of the one of the things that we're taught or a, um, a really good practice that anybody can do, but um, something that I think we do really well um, in the Catholic Church, but you can do it anything really, um, is an examination of conscience every night. Um, and it's basically an account of your day. Um, so a really good way to do it is this acronym GRACE, which is G, gratitude, R, request for light, A, account, C, chart, E, enthusiasm. So gratitude is you start by thanking God, right? Because you don't want to do anything not in gratitude. And then A, request for light. So ask God to be with you because you never want to go through the rabbit hole of all the dirt and what you've done throughout the day without asking God to be there with you. That's never go down that rabbit hole alone. Because the devil will find you and will drag you. Um, and and then an account, right? So go through your day and then chart. So chart your course for tomorrow. So what am I going to change tomorrow? So I've done these things. I acknowledge what I did well. I acknowledge what I did badly. What can I do better tomorrow? And then e-enthusiasm, right? So just ask God for grace to move forward, right? To heal. And so thinking about that and taking that into the larger scale of your marriage, right? How do I react to things? Ask, ask God, right? To show you that. Ask God to show you your wounds, right? What are the wounds that keep coming up for me in my marriage, that keep coming up from my childhood, that I keep, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That I keep projecting onto my husband and my children. You know, what are the patterns? When I argue, do I, do I fall into um, the silent treatment? Do I give you the cold shoulder? Do I lash out, right? And then how do I fix that moving forward? Well, that and, is so good. And to add on to that, ask your spouse. Yes. Ask your spouse. There is, I am not sure why there's this 
thing. It's almost like a cloud that we have that communication. There's such a wall, which is asking specific questions. Honey, what don't you like about me? Like, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get sad. Like, what can I change? What do What I do that really annoys you? right? Like, what makes you upset? Yeah. What triggers you? I promise you at the, in the moment, you're going to be hurt a little bit and you're probably going to mm -hmm. cry. Like I always cry. I'm like, Oh my God, but I thought that I was doing, and, and then he's like, no, 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 but I'm not saying anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's usually, um, I've had these moments like a couple of times, um, but it's, it's helpful, right? Because now you are mindful to like, okay, wait a minute. Let me check myself before I say this or do this or react this way, right? Because I already know that this is something that, you know, is not pleasing to him, right? And it's the same in any relationship, but we are much more cautious with everybody else. And I have found That's that true. people are much more nurturing in their friendships. People mm -hmm. are much more giving in their friendships. People are much more loving in their friendships. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to their marriage, it's almost like, oh, I cannot do that because... He's the husband. Like, are you mm. kidding? Mm -hmm. Like, are you kidding me? If you still don't want to make out with your man 20 plus years later, like, you got to check <laughs> what's going on. And I, I said it's because I always want to make out. I, I think we are going to need a part two because now I have so many other questions. But um, to be respectful of your time, because we are almost here an hour. What is the role, and I know both of you, so I know the answer to this. What is the role that God plays in your marriage together? That's a loaded and question, Audrey. <laughs> how, okay. How, how are your prayer lives together? Oh, okay. So this is very interesting because, and I'll make it short. I was born in the gospel, but I didn't meet Jesus personally until I was 33. I always had a, a you know, a relationship. I always had a prayerful life, but never this intimate until I reached 33, which was my, you know, rock bottom. My husband was born in a Catholic um, family, but like traditional Catholic. It wasn't anything. That's why I've always said that um, Audrey, I've never met a Catholic like Audrey and now Raquel me, never. The Catholics that I know go to church four or five times a year. They do their um, like, you know, like those- uh, Communion. Those things. And they go to Palm, what's Palm Wednesdays? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Um, and, and those- uh, but then that's it. There's no the big other relationship with the Lord. Right. So he was, he was raised in that, you know, kind of family and background where they went to church on mother's day, father's day, Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. So he's always believed in God, um, but has never been a devoted man in Christ. Right. He hasn't had his personal relationship. With he has Jesus. not has his personal um, encounter. And so, Together, what will, what I will say is like, for example, when I read, um, when I'm reading the Bible in the morning, he'll sit next to me. Um, he goes to church with me. He enjoys going to church. Um, he's never not, he's never said like, oh, I'm not going or, or no, you know, um, 
he's always there. So I always say, you know, va a ser, co eh, va a ser eh, por vía ajena, como quien dice, that he's going to come to Christ. So I'm, 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 I'm hopeful that, that, that I am alive to see that moment uh, mm -hmm. come. Um, but together in sense of like that we're like, you know, bring together we've not I've never had that experience other than when it's like you, for the kids right like oh my god I gotta pray for you know it's so interesting you say that because I think that most people I know it's the woman that has that stronger prayer life mm -hmm. and like Paul says like the husband will be like what it's sanctified by the wife yeah sanctified listen <laughs> el tiempo llegará mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rikami wrote a lot of notes <laughs> Oh my God! Well, tell me, <laughs> listen. Are we gonna have to pay you after this? How, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about me taking these? Let's let's that. unpack that. <laughs> no, you guys just are always saying good stuff, so I'm writing it down. <laughs> um, so I want to make two points. The first one is, um, we want to pray for our spouse, right? So when I was on the podcast, we talked about. I, I told you that I pray for my daughters every morning when I'm walking them to school and I'm like, Lord, cover them with your most precious holy blood. You do the same for your husband. You know, I do the, I do the sign of the cross on him at night and in the morning and I'm like, Lord, cover him with your blessing and your protection. And he has a job in law enforcement. So it can be kind of scary. And I mean, honestly, it's New York city, so it doesn't matter anywhere you go right. is scary. Right. Um, but um, you know, pray for your spouse, pray for your spouse daily, even if even if you you don't feel like your prayer lives are equal and whatever it is. Right. Um, and are you doing the little things together? Right. Like we pray before meals with the girls and it's like a 20 second prayer. Bless us, the Lord, and these I guess we're about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. Boom. Right. But we're doing it together as a family so that the girls can see like you know, you have to pray before meals. We're going to mass together on Sundays. Yvette says she went, she goes to church with her husband on Sundays. And then we go to a retreat together once a year. Um, but, um, you know, the other thing that I wanted to say about prayer life is your husbands, your husbands, right? So the general public, the listeners may not have the prayer life that you want, right? That you deem is holy enough or appropriate enough, right? Oh, right. Um, that you deem. <clears throat> but they might be walking a saintly life in their actions, mm -hmm. in their in their servitude of the family, in the way that they husband, in the way that they father, right? Are those fruits holy? Are oh. they are they walking the walk, right? Are they doing the things that are saintly every day. A prayer life is important, 1,000%. Nobody say here that I said you don't need a prayer life. And, not but, and also, is your husband a holy man in maybe the way that is not outwardly visible? Mm. I was going to uh, say uh, there's evidence in the fruit, right? There's always evidence in the fruit. And the fruit, what we see is as you said it may not be what i want mm -hmm. right it may not be what i um deem it to be this holy life 
but there's fruit in the servitude there's fruit in his life there's fruit in the way right that 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 life has um god has blessed him in ways that only a fruitful person could only receive right so it's there's evidence in that and so um to your point Raquel, me i had to about seven years ago um have that conscience make that conscious decision i'm like this is not like this is not my decision he's his son the same way I am his daughter. Mm -hmm. So I have to trust that the same patience and the same love and grace and mercy that he had for me is the same thing for him. So my life completely shifted from, from that moment. Um, and it's the same thing. You know, we pray when we're having a meal, I'll say, Lord, you know, really quickly, um, and church and, you know, we watch sermons, we'll read things together um and that's enough for me I don't you know I don't need to do checks and balances yeah you know wives your job is to teach to nurture to comfort to support but most of all pray 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 for your husband pray for your children pray for your family pray over them pray that's uh, that's what you have to do is pray I love that because I think also as women we don't give enough credit to our husbands we're always looking at the things that they're not doing or like you say, what we deem worthy, mm -hmm. but they need praise. They need to be shown appreciation for all of the ways in which they are showing up so lovingly into our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know that we have to close this up, but I give this, um, most of my friends, they hate it when I say this, but I'm like, I promise you, I promise you it's like the secret and like the best remedy to like uh, bringing your, your marriage back to course. And it's what most men want is validation that they're doing a good job. The majority, mm -hmm. that's how simple they are. The majority, they're happy with that. And they're happy with intimacy. It's, it's, or, and, and, and food, right? Really simple creatures. Um, and when, when things are rocky and when things are like not um not where you want it to be, I'm like something as simple as go buy a Hallmark card and write how amazing of a husband and phenomenal father he is. Be specific and give him that card. And I promise you those little simple words carry you on for like another three to four months until mm -hmm. you may have to do it again. During those, you know, like off, off moments. And we do need to keep doing it again. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Raquel? Me, what advice, closing advice do you have? No, that's it. Just, I just want to end on that, on praying. You know, let's, let's be women who pray, who pray for our husbands. And regardless of our expectations, and our hopes and our dreams god's plan is always better always bigger always more mm. so all, all we have to do is pray and wait because god is always god he doesn't change mm. so our job is to pray and to wait well, can i say one thing audrey before you close off of course to just in case we didn't answer um, your friends who texted you mm -hmm, to do mm -hmm. a podcast on marriage, 
um, to answer her, and hopefully this this will serve her, is um, she says she didn't know, she doesn't know who to go to for marriage advice. And for, I would say start with asking God, who does he want you to be? And find your identity in him first before you want to start fixing anything in your marriage because eight out of 10 times it's us first. Yeah. And, and ask God to place people in your life who in your life, who can guide you um, and be those models and those examples. Right. Because the truth is that we can't go to everyone for marriage advice or for help because they might and not, and not intentionally, but they may stray us. Um, they might lead us astray. So, you know, ask God for that too. Ask him to place those people in your heart and in your life that will be those guides and models for you. Right. That is why when I thought of doing this episode, I'm like, I need Yvette. I need Raquel me because you are two women that I, I was telling Yvette, I, if I text you to pray for me, you're important to me. And I know that I can trust my heart to you and that I can trust you to pray for me. So thank you for being those women in my life. Thank you for the time that you gave to this audience today. And we pray in Jesus' name that marriages can be strengthened, restored, and invigorated moving forward. Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please share, subscribe, leave a review. I would appreciate it. God bless you.